Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'll be your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. Now, today I have with me my guest, Doris Middleton Stevick. She was actually raised in southeastern Pennsylvania. She served in the United States Army as a medic and a behavioral science and substance abuse uh, specialist. She received her B.S. degree in psychology and sociology from the University of Maryland. Doris has been married for 33 years, and together with her husband, Richard, they have six children, and they also have several grandchildren. Now, what I would like to, as as qualified as Doris might be from an uh, academic perspective, truth is what makes her qualified to talk about breastfeeding a baby with Down syndrome is that her son, Benjamin, was born with Down syndrome, and Doris is one of the few people I have ever met who has successfully, exclusively, or almost exclusively, breastfed uh, Benjamin And no surprise to you, she also breastfed his five brothers and sisters as well. Doris, welcome to the show. Thank you, Marie. I am so glad that you are willing to be with us. You know, so many times I encounter parents who will say, now you're going to breastfeed the baby? And they say, oh, well, I was until this happened. Mm -hmm. And... uh, it's really pretty, and some people will even maybe start for a few days or maybe even a couple of weeks, but after that, they're kind of like, forget it, where's the bottle, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of want to start with, how did you feel when the doctor told you your baby had Down syndrome? Honestly, Marie, it was devastating. Um, I was coming out of anesthesia at that point because oh. Benjamin was born by emergency cesarean section, um, and my husband is the person who broke the news to me. And at that point, it was kind of a, oh, Lord, what are we doing now? Because um, we had been on a full day of one visit after another procedure and culminating with an emergency C-section because um, the baby was in distress. So I just... I hadn't even wrapped my brain around the fact that I'd had the baby yet, and they were hitting oh. me with PS Down syndrome. Oh, wow. That's so. got to really shake your world. Absolutely. It was um, okay, really. And, <laughs> and then I went through probably every stage of um, grieving that you could get through. Sure. Absolutely. Loss of a perfect child. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, were you worried about whether or not you could breastfeed the baby? Honestly, no. Really? Uh, perhaps okay. there I'm blessed with ignorance because I really <laughs> didn't have any clue that there were that there could be special issues that would come up with breastfeeding or that he'd have any more difficulty than my two previous children had had. 
But let me qualify that. You did successfully breastfeed two previous children. Yes. And my experience is that mothers who have successfully breastfed at least once, and more more is better, they tend to think, I've done this before, I can do it again. And that was my mentality. It was uh-huh. like, okay, how could this be any different? He's a baby. <laughs> well, and, and that is good. That is really good. I think that so often with any child that he has special needs, we spend more time thinking about the special need as opposed to uh, this baby does really have the capability. One of the things that I frequently tell parents is that with a baby with Down syndrome, I truly believe that with enough time and enough patience, the baby will breastfeed. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. But mm-hmm. the patience is the big thing. Yeah, and yeah. tenacity on the part of the uh, mother, too. Tell us a little bit about the patient's part in the first day or week or whatever. Uh, at some point, you must have woken up and realized, oh, this is not like breastfeeding my other kids. What, well, how did that go? Well, day one, um, because, because of the circumstances of Benjamin's birth, he was in the NICU, and I was in a, um, recover, you know, a, a patient room on the other side of the hospital. So in... In the hospital itself, I had to advocate for myself to even get to the NICU to be able to nurse him. Um, and once I got there, he was, um, you know, in the little the NICU bassinet, whatever you yeah. want to call it, um, yeah. attached to all kinds of tubes and so forth. And by and large, I was the only mom coming in to try and nurse a baby in the NICU. Yes. And the... Nursing staff there was absolutely phenomenal. Um, they welcomed me with open arms, said, okay, let us show you what's going on here and have at it. And okay. I very quickly said, okay, I'm not waiting around for you to get the baby out of the incubator and off the line so that I can nurse him. I'm going to have to do that myself. Good for you. Now, well, and I think that being comfortable in a medical situation by virtue of having worked in a hospital in the military really, really helped with that uh-huh. Uh-huh. because I wasn't scared of saying, okay, where does this need to go? And you name it. Um, so, <laughs> and, Well, <laughs> certainly the take-home message there is advocate for yourself. Absolutely. Um, yes, I think that some mothers are, and it doesn't matter whether the baby have got, has got Down syndrome or anything else or nothing mm-hmm. else, sometimes mothers feel a little awkward to just say, hey, look at the hospital does not, this is my favorite line, the hospital does not own the baby. No, it's uh, your baby. Uh, you know, I'm the baby's mother, hello, uh, mm-hmm. this, is, this is the way it's going to be. And it sounds like you were very successful, but it also sounds like you didn't get any resistance from them once you made it clear that you were the mother and you wanted to feed this baby. Um, not true. In the middle of the night, I found oh. <laughs> no help at all. The night nurse, okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh-huh. it was like, okay. okay. I have to wake myself up and walk the other side of the hospital, oh, half geez. asleep, to nurse this baby. With a cesarean, and, I, I might add. Huh? With a, a cesarean, I too. might add. Yeah. And I, had, yeah. I literally had um, stitches both directions in my, on my abdomen. Oh, and, <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, 
by the time I would stretch enough to feel like I could move, and I'm thinking, all right, by the time I get, it, it was, it, the timing was horrible because I'd spend time nursing him. By the time I get back to my room, I'd barely get a couple hours of sleep, and I was going back down to nurse him again. Well, and yeah, in the middle of the yeah. night, I'm thinking, I'm going to fall and hurt myself because I'm not oh. awake. Oh, Doris. Oh, Doris. And I mentioned this to the staff, and I said, can you just get me a wheelchair to use at nighttime? Oh, we don't have any on these wards, is what, what got response. And I said, well, then you better send somebody to walk with me, because if I fall, you're going to get sued. You. Good for you. Good for you, Doris. Wow. <laughs> and they looked yeah, at me no. like, oh, my goodness, we better make her happy. <laughs> yeah, and that's not a hard request to honor. That's, that's yeah, just not I'm a hard thinking, request oh my, to honor. Okay. <laughs> Very reasonable request. Well, and in reality, that walk to the nursery, to the NICU, to feed him probably got me in better shape to leave the hospital than I would have been hanging out in bed. Well, that's probably true, but at the moment, I'm sure you felt in pain and tired (laughs) and kind of a little out of it and everything else. Totally, yeah. Oh, me. Oh. What were those first few feedings like, Doris? Um, well, I had I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old at home, and okay. I had pretty much just weaned the two-year-old. Uh-huh. So I had more milk than I knew what to do with, number one. Fantastic. Um, and got told very early on by the nurses that I needed to not feed him so much because it was crowding out his lungs. <laughs> and so I we had to limit how much milk I could give the baby early on. So I ended up... Um, pumping and getting rid of milk. Otherwise, they basically put in a milk bank there. Wow. Because breast milk's always been precious to me. Absolutely. Um, and I'm thinking, all right, if he's not going to use it, then let's bank it. I can use it at home later on. Somebody else could use it. Whatever. Let's just not waste this stuff. Um, so that I'm getting a charge of out of this because I'm thinking this is a great testament for uh, feeding your toddler, uh, to breastfeed your toddler uh, and not wean Right away, because obviously right. uh, you were in really good shape for this. I was. I was used to nursing. Um, yeah. it, it had probably been, I want to say I was three months pregnant when the, the toddler weaned. Yeah, yeah. And she basically had, like, at about a year and a half, started telling me she wasn't interested. Um, yeah. So I kind of just let that happen once I figured out I was pregnant. Um, so it was kind of a... It was a nice transition, but my body was used to nursing. Absolutely. I think that really helped. I didn't have trouble with milk coming in. I didn't have trouble with letdown. You know, if anything, I had the opposite problem. I had too much milk. Yes. Oh, that's kind of a good problem to have. Um, Some mothers don't necessarily see it that way, but trust me, it's worse in the other direction. And was the baby able to get up there and actually nurse, or did he feel overwhelmed by all the volume of milk you had, or could he take some, or how did that work? Well, I, and I ended up having to, to um, got engorged, basically, oh. and ended up having to express a lot of the milk ahead of time so that it wasn't so full with okay. the baby, um, because with an engorged breast, he, he really was having a hard time latching on. Um, he did have did, a yeah. pretty good... Um, sucking reflex, so that was something we really needed to struggle with, but with the hypotonia, it made keeping him awake and keeping him alert and keeping him nursing long enough an issue. 
So you would say, I'm putting words in your mouth here, Doris, but okay. I'm thinking it sounds like he could get in, or excuse me, he could get on and mm-hmm. he could suckle but not necessarily sustain suckling. Right. He tired very easily. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty pretty common with the very baby common. with Down. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know that. did you we take tired. all of his food at the breast or did you put your milk in a bottle as well? How did that work? He wouldn't take a bottle. I tried. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Um, I did try. We were, um, with all the extra milk I had, we bottled it, and I left it with the nursery, and I said, you know, middle of the night, I'd really like to not have to come down here. Right. You know? Right. So, you know, the 2 a.m. feeding, would you please try with the bottle? And they tried, and he wouldn't do any. He had, would have nothing to do with it. Well, that's a very interesting story because, you know, usually older babies will behave Mm -hmm. that way. But uh, how great that actually that left you in the situation where uh, you knew that you were going to be able to feed your baby because Mm -hmm. he was not going to go. Of course, it also meant you were getting up in the middle of the night, and that's another whole story. But, uh, you know, it's (laughs) it's sort of a mixed blessing for sure. Hey, everybody, don't go away. I'm here today with Dr. Uh, no, she's not quite doctor. I just promoted her with uh, <laughs> Doris <laughs> Stevick. And uh, Doris is here to talk to us about exclusively breastfeeding a baby with Down syndrome. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk 
with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Born to be Breastfed. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with Doris Stevick, who is mother of an exclusively breastfed newborn with Down syndrome. So, Doris, I gathered and you confirmed really that uh, you were able to exclusively breastfeed this baby right from the get-go, which yeah. is is rather unusual. But then, of course, you you had this ability to have the milk come in fairly soon because you had had breastfed your toddler until, well, after you were pregnant, actually, shortly thereafter. However, uh, I know that with babies with Down syndrome, it's not just the milk being there or not being there. Right. What kinds of problems did you solve uh, uh, face? Now, you mentioned the hypotonia. For those of you who are not familiar, hyper- hypotonia is a weak muscle or muscles, and typically babies with Down syndrome are kind of on the floppy side, and that's their whole body, not just their mouth. Uh, but what would you describe as some some problems that you faced in general or with breastfeeding specifically? Well, um, as you're aware, the the oral motor muscles in the mouth are what they have to use to breastfeed, right? And with the tongue being the largest muscle in the body, or the strongest one, and everything in his mouth being super loosey-goosey is the way we used to put it, he may not have as strong a suck. Um, He might not be getting as much milk at the breast. might take longer, and you name it. And nursing itself is more exhausting for the baby. Yes. Yes. So you end up with a very sleepy baby. Um, and the same um, repertoire of tricks that you would use for a non-disabled baby applied to a baby with Down syndrome. You're going to you know, keep waking them up. You might switch nurse. You might try different holds. You're going to have to use a very um, firm pillow to support the baby's body so that they're not using energy trying to do that themselves. Yes, yes. There's all kinds of things, basically, and... Um, and that way, research and a lactation consultant are your best friends. I just what want to else follow can up. I do if this is not working? 
kind of thing. <laughs> yes. I want to follow up on that bit about the firm pillow. So many mothers mm-hmm. will try to use a hospital pillow, and I find that those are eh, kind of okay. But uh, did you use a commercial pillow of some kind that was helpful? I did not. I, I'm um, <laughs> I'm relatively good shape, and I do body pump, so my arms are always oh, wow. strong enough. <laughs> wow. But, you know, if I got really, really tired, I would get, um, you know, like a, a really, really firm gel pillow. Oh, to uh-huh. Support, to keep the baby straight. Straight, yeah. Um, yep. So that he yep. wasn't curling up in a ball, so he wasn't, um, you know, being very tense. Um, so that the baby was able to relax enough to not have to struggle. Was one position, one body position or one hand position more helpful than others? Um, well, I, the football hold. We football was good, yeah. Okay. Um, I used the football hold. I ended up using a cross, you know, a cross chest hold. Yeah. You know, hold, supporting his spine basically with the hand opposite the breast we were nursing on. Um, well, that also gives the baby's head more support, and their right. neck is usually very, um, we call it hyperextension. It is... Right. Um, Basically, the head falls backwards. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got um, your hand there with the football or the cross cradle, that kind of takes care of that, yeah. Right, and I had to make sure that he was very, very close to my body. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The And again, having come off of nursing a toddler, that was very different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, toddlers you are kind of self-serve, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, a lot of times I ended up um, switch nursing a lot, like within the same feeding, um, two or three minutes on each uh-huh. breath in succession. And just to keep him interested, keep him awake, um, you name it. So, you know, the old um, one breast for one feeding, the other breast for the next feeding, I, I got I to the point that. where I just didn't keep track anymore. No, no, I'm sure not. Did he do a lot of drooling, Doris? No, not no. not while nursing. Okay. All right. Um, during you know later Otherwise. on in life, yeah. But while he was yeah. nursing, I I have to say no, he didn't do a whole lot of drooling. But he also okay. didn't get teeth until a year old. Wow, I didn't rather know later. I... So you know, I, Is... I couldn't blame drooling on teething or anything like that. Right. Um, now, I don't know much about Down syndrome babies who are one year old. Is that typical, do you know, for them to be late late teethers? Um, not specifically. I know that they're, um, they do everything slower. Well, that's <laughs> okay. true. That's true. Um, that's a so good all point. Of, all of the devel- developmental milestones are expected to take a little bit longer than, quote, normal. Right. Um, but normal is a range. So, yeah, his yes. flow was at the at the long end of normal, I guess, is the way I would say that. How was the staff, either in the hospital or in the doctor's office or wherever, how did anybody say to you, Mrs. Stevick, what's wrong with you? Why don't you just give this baby a bottle? Did anybody do that? Not that I remember, but I was really good at hearing what I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> good at standing up for yourself, that's for sure. Okay. Um, uh-huh. and, and that's basically because I had already made the commitment that I was going to breastfeed him. Yeah, and you know, 
Uh, I had done that with my older two, and in, and not just that aspect of his life. I was told to treat him as I would my others. Sure. And I said, okay, fine. I can do That's that. what I'm going with then. Well, and I think you just, in my mind, you just really got. hit the operative word. the geneticist word. in the hospital. Doris, I lost that part again. Can you say that again, please? Well, the geneticist in the hospital told me to treat him the way I would any of my other children. Number one, love him, and number two, do the best I can for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what we went with. I mean, that was, I'm, you know, by no means an expert, but um, doing the best I can, you know? <laughs> Those were two very good guiding principles. I want to say, though, in my opinion, the operative word there that you just said is commitment. I think that breastfeeding, or parenting for that matter, yeah. But breastfeeding is a commitment. You've it's just got to make up your mind. And sometimes it's a day-to-day commitment. Yes. Because right. um, you can't, I mean, you can't let the years ahead of you overwhelm you. You've got to take it one step at a time and say, okay, for today, we're nursing. Uh-huh. And this is what I need to do to get through today with this kind of thing. Um, Doris, I'm not aware of any studies that are specific to breastfed babies and weight gain. I know that there's an ancient study out there, and I haven't looked at it in a long time. I think it was, mm-hmm. um, oh, I want to say cronk, but boy, I don't know if I trust my memory, uh, that showed how babies with Down syndrome should gain weight. But of course, since then, we found out that that babies who are not uh, having some issue, breastfed babies gained differently than bottle-fed babies. So did anybody mm-hmm. worry about his weight gains? Well, he, by the time we left the hospital, he was at four and a half pounds because mm. he was early to start with. Um, well, how, how many weeks gestation? Um, he was 32 weeks. Oh, got it. Okay. So I had, you know, all of those developmental issues to deal with oh, to start with. Um and, you know, they kept threatening me not to let us leave the hospital until he was five pounds. And I said, i got a four-year-old and a two-year-old at home. This is not going to work. And they're like, well, you know what you're doing. We'll let you go. And I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. Do I really? Um, so I think it was a, um, sometimes a case of fake it till you make it on my part. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Except um, that somewhere in faking it, really it you actually did know what you were doing. Well, yeah, I was trying. Um, and I... And I I just didn't, it didn't occur to me that nursing him would be any more difficult than nursing my two older children had been. And it didn't occur to you that that breastfeeding a premature baby would be any more difficult than feeding a term baby? No. Oh, well, that's because, good, Doris. I'm really glad. I mean, <laughs> it really bliss. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, and you have to realize, Benjamin was born in 1989, right? My okay. older two were born in 85 and 87, Right. In 85, I was an anomaly choosing to breastfeed. Well, that's true. That's absolutely right. true. And I'd already put up with the attitude of, what are you doing to this child? What you're doing might not be the best, and you're going to have a hard time with it. But I was like, okay, my body's making this milk for a reason. I can still eat like a fiend and lose weight. It's the best thing for the baby I'm losing the weight I need to. It's making my body get back the way it needs to be. It it, it encourages the mother bonding. All the you know all the reasons that you would breastfeed 
a child without special needs, Absolutely. go doubly for a child who has special needs. This is one of the things that I tell parents when they say to me, I was going to breastfeed until this, whatever this is, Down syndrome, whatever. Yeah. Um, I say to them, but, you know, really, it's even more important for this baby. This baby it needs is. more uh, um, uh, immune mm-hmm. protection. Well, uh, and the, the, fat, the DHA in the human milk that increases brain growth and development, how can that yes. not be something you want for a child who's at risk for developmental delays and cognitive delays? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, that's a you're going to give them look the at best it. start possible one way or another. Uh huh. And that's just the way I always felt about it. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, this is a wonderful testament to what I've always thought, which is it's the mother's attitude. If she thinks she can do it, she can. It, I always like to have that quote from uh, Henry Ford. He said, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so true. Hey, everybody, don't go away. I'm here today with Dora Stevick. We will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. And today I'm here with Doris Stevick. She is the mother of Benjamin Stevick, a baby who was born with Down syndrome. And Doris very successfully breastfed her baby. Doris, we know that even though with a good attitude, a positive commitment, and uh, the absolute certainty that you would be able to do this, truth is you bumped into some problems and issues along the way, I'm sure. What Mm -hmm. kinds of things made breastfeeding more difficult than with your other babies? Um, Well, number one, I was juggling a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Oh, right. right. There's that. (laughs) (laughs) And that had nothing to do with Down syndrome. Um, But Benjamin did have a heart defect at birth. In fact, it's one of the reasons he was um, born by emergency C-section is we were losing his heart rate with Braxton Hicks contractions. Um, so we knew going in that he had some heart issues and, um, and that did affect his, his nursing in some ways. He tired easily. He probably got a little low on oxygen. Uh, did you feel like at the end of a feeding he seemed more exhausted than satiated? Oh, he was, yeah, he was usually totally exhausted. Um, yeah. at the end of a feeding. And um, and basically the way to combat that is I try to do as much for him as I could. Um, Such as? as positioning and supporting him, his uh-huh. body, um, uh-huh. and that kind of thing. I And I also, you know, made sure that he was, you know, getting the rest he needed in between nursing as well. So it meant, um, you know, trying to, be more, um, I, I want to call it um, conscious about my parenting than just letting yes. things happen, or more proactive rather than reactive. To me, one of the things that's kind of difficult, I usually like to tell parents it's really important for babies to get the hind milk, especially mm-hmm. if they have uh, some sort of issue, and your son had several, right. uh, but... Typically, the hind milk is at the end of the feeding. Well, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Um, but at, then I'm also telling them, don't leave the baby on so long that you're going to tire him out. So right. maybe I need a different set of words because I don't think that there's any, you kind of got to watch the baby and figure it out. But what would you say to a parent that knows that the hind milk is important for the, the calories and the fat mm-hmm. at the end of the feeding and yet you've got a baby that you think, I don't know how we're going to get to the end of the feeding. How, what would you say to that parent? I would say that your, your breast milk will adjust. Okay. Right? Because I, I, I always believed, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, you're the expert, not me. Um, I always believed that the, the breast milk was God's perfect food for the baby. Oh, it is. And <laughs> no it doubt about that. And consistencies to what the baby needed. Uh-huh. Right? Um, and I would, rather than being tense and worried about him getting what he needed every single feeding, I was picking my battles. 
I would pick sure. one feeding of the day when we were both relaxed to say, okay, we're going to nurse as long as possible. I'm going to keep you up mm-hmm. until I feel like I'm empty. Mm-hmm. Right? And then the other times of the day, I'd say, okay, do what you need. You're exhausted. You're not going to, we're just all going to be more upset if we try and force this. Chill out a little bit here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, sometimes what I tell parents is it's more important what the baby gets in a 24-hour period Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, like that old saying about the win the battle but lose the war kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you got to kind of get the bigger picture here. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly that was an issue. Did it ever get better, Doris? Yeah. I mean, he he got to the point where, you know, by about three months, he was nursing like a champ. And really? Really no struggles at all with that until, you know, then he started getting interested in what was going around. We used to have to nurse in a closet. But, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is kind of a mixed blessing you're thinking oh this is good he's really got the idea he doesn't have to concentrate on it and then you're like oh honey would you stay on task you know? exactly <laughs> no. i mean I, and i used to say the the you know the minute you'd get used to or figure out a strategy that worked the kid would change absolutely but that's true of any any child not just one with special needs you know, it's like and yes and I was constantly picking other people's brains for, okay, what did you do? What works? Because I, I don't think any mom can have an arsenal that's too full. Oh, that's a really good way to put it. That's I mean, a you, really you need good way to put it. Other things to fall back on. Yes. It's like, okay, if this isn't working, what else can I do? You know, um, it's when you get stuck doing one thing that's not working that you end up failing, I think. Yeah. Uh, we can always pick fewer of those tips, but if we mm-hmm. don't know what the tips are in the first place, we're kind of stuck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you've got, to, you've got to surround yourself with a support system. You really do. Doris, one of the things that I've noticed about babies with Down syndrome is that sometimes they will go just so far and the parent tries to get them to feed more or whatever, do whatever mm-hmm. more. And at some point, the baby just kind of shuts down, which I think that we see that in all babies. I think we see it in adults. I see it in myself. But it seems Mm -hmm. like it's much more profound in the baby with Down syndrome. Did you see that, and how did you deal with it? Well, in some ways, I think they just get overstimulated. Yeah. And rather than being able to, to manage all the input, the sensory, the, you know, the feeding, the muscle all that stuff, they just shut down. And I think that's, sometimes you see that as exhaustion or the baby just going to sleep or not being interested. And I think the, we did see some of that, but um, I, I think by having, by virtue of having a house that was always very busy, I had to take time out to be quiet with him as well. Mm. And this explains why you nursed in the closet. Yeah. Yeah. That gives a whole new meaning to the phrase closet nursing. <laughs> exactly. You know, because there are times when you need to decrease the amount of sensory input. Yes. I mean, even as an adult, we get to the point where it's just too much noise or just too much activity or, or whatever. And I, I don't think kids are immune to that. No. No, they're not. And it seems to me that babies with with Down syndrome are much more sensitive to that. 
I don't know if they process it differently. I really don't know. But it seems to me like they're just more sensitive to it. And the parent has got to realize that sometimes turning down the lights, turning down the noise, mm-hmm. getting away from the other kids, the neighbor's dogs, the whatever it is, well, that's but the kind again, of thing. Mary, excuse me for interrupting, but that's a two-edged sword, too, because you also <laughs> have this child who, who is, is loosey-goosey and tires easy and so forth. So you've been stimulating and trying to keep him awake for nursing all along. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's like, okay, what's going to work today and what isn't? You know, and you know as well as I do. As adults, we wake up and one day we feel like, um, sure. you know, going out and conquering a mountain. The other time, we want to sit home and read a book. <laughs> that's you know? a really good. Yeah, that's a really good observation. It's so true. And Doris, was I, it different when Benjamin started solids? How did that go? That was interesting. We had um, we we put off solids for a very long time because um, kids with Down syndrome tend to have a decreased immune system as well and there are a lot of allergies and eczema and that kind of thing in our family. Um, So even with my older two children who do not have Down syndrome, I was was, um, advised to stay off solids for as long as possible and then you know, stay off wheat for a year, all that kind of thing to decrease the the chances of food allergies and so forth. And um, so we started very slowly with solids um, and fortunately had the assistance of a speech and language therapist to work with us on swallowing issues and tongue thrust and all of those other things that come with the low muscle tone in mm. a kid with Downs. Um, and it was it was interesting. Um, it was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he always showed an interest because, again, he had the example of his siblings who were eating food, oh, right. and right. he wanted to be right. like them. I mean, he's always been a very good mimic. Um, so at that point, it was like, okay, use them, let them show him the right way to do these things, get them eating something he will too. Um, Absolutely. That kind of Absolutely. But it also sounds like you knew that you needed some professional help. Yeah, more because more to make sure that um, you know the the muscles were being used well, and that he was swallowing okay. And I, I, we had one therapist. We were in England at this point because my um, oh my husband, yeah okay. my husband had taken um, a job over there for a few years, and we had a, um, a speech and language pathologist who would come to our home, and. She would work on you know, swallowing and blowing bubbles and um, using a straw and that kind of thing, even very early on, to try and get the, the, the lips to come forward and the, the tongue to stay back in. And, I mean, it's probably more technical than I even want to know about now, um, but I'm convinced that that probably did help um, uh-huh. with, with his oral development and speech later on. Yes, I'm just thinking here... Um a lot of parents think that the baby isn't necessarily speaking, and so it's too early to go to a speech pathologist. What would you say to that? No, I don't think it's too early at all. Um, because of because speech and eating and swallowing uses the same muscles, right? Right. a speech and language therapist will know how to get those muscles to work the best. Um, and, in fact, I know that nursing... Um, improves the oral development because it absolutely um, you know it'll help the palate to develop it helps the the tongue to be where it needs to be it um the muscles that are used with the sucking um improves the coordination 
in the mouth, and that's optimum for him. So that when, so in my brain, when I was starting to give him food, he was no longer nursing and using the muscles in that way. So I needed to make sure that what he was eating, he was eating right too. Sure. You sound like such a totally good mother. You are so in tune with sort of the physiology side of it and and the parenting (laughs) side of it. I like to say my kids are pretty independent because they have a basically lazy mother. And the more (laughs) I can teach them to do themselves, the better. Well, there's something, there's something to be said for that. Hey, everybody, don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with Dora Stevick. We will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with my guest, Doris Stevick, and we are talking about her experience of breastfeeding her baby, Benjamin, who was affected with Down syndrome. Doris, you've talked to us about kind of the early days and then the getting going. It sounds like you said that about three months he, I believe you said, nursed like a champ. And Mm -hmm. then you started solids late. Okay, all is well. But how long did you really breastfeed Benjamin? Well, I would I would say he got the the bulk of his nourishment and calories from the breast until about eighteen months old. Wow! Right. And, and nobody worried about his iron levels or any of that stuff. Um, we were actually we were my husband was sta- and we were stationed in England at that point, and um, you know they talked about iron supplementation and so forth. But every time they give him, you know vitamins with iron on, he'd end up constipated and gassy, yep. and I was yep. like, no, this isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, and I think that was more, that more had, that was more the decision that, you know, we needed to get him on more solid foods at that point, um, because I didn't like what the supplements were doing to him. And, you know, we, we tried to keep what we gave him um, as clean using that terminology as possible as far as, you know, natural foods, non-processed, um, you know, pureeing my own cooked vegetables and so forth for, for baby food. And, um, yeah, he did, he did rather well with that. Um, the, you know, the, a lot of the physical therapy and occupational therapy and so forth that he, he had involved, you know, the coordination of picking something up and putting it in your mouth and, and that kind of thing. So... Um, and he basically, he basically led the weaning process. Um, okay. as with my older two, I basically let him tell me when he was ready to, to stop. Child led weaning. Yeah. And yes. I was like, I think, okay, the first year is what was important based on the research I had read. Um, so, and I figured, all right, and you're, you're taking longer to develop. So let's go to 18 months and then let you lead from there. And so you have done many, many, many months of breastfeeding this baby. Mm-hmm. What were the hardest things that you faced, either with the feeding process itself or the healthcare mm-hmm. system or whatever? What would you really describe as the toughest part of it? <laughs> You're going to laugh about this. Um, <laughs> I bet I know. <laughs> Go ahead. What? <laughs> what are you guessing? I'm guessing managing the other two kids. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, by and large, it was juggling the other two and making sure they weren't killing each other off while I was busy nursing the baby. <laughs> because there was a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Right. right? And right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> honestly. Um, I mean, the other issue was, you know, making making decisions that I had to... T- but Benjamin was our third, right? Uh-huh. And up until this point, we could 
we could play man-to-man defense. Yes. Yeah, good, right. good way to put it. Yes. When Ben came along, we had to do zone. Mm-hmm. Because it, it was no longer one-on-one. Um, because he was and, the third child, not because he had doubt. Yeah, so it was yep. uh, okay. Again, the man-to-man wasn't working. <laughs> what else can we try here? <laughs> uh-huh. So, um, and that was, yeah, and I think, I don't think that's, um, specific to Ben having Down syndrome. It was no, any third child third, or any third second child. child. It's like, okay, Absolutely. how do I juggle the needs of my firstborn or my secondborn with this brand new baby who's demanding my, need, my time and energy? Um, Did you have fact, any um, silly, silly story about... when we left the hospital with Benjamin? I had someone tell me that because he was so little, I, would have, I was going to have to wake him up around the clock every two hours to feed him. Uh-huh. And I looked at her and I said, then you probably should send him home with somebody else. <laughs> and she laughed and said, what do you mean? I said, you know what? If he gives me six hours of sleep at night, I will nurse him all day long, nonstop. Sure. But I'm going to need that sleep because i got a four-year-old and two-year-old at home. Yeah. And she was like, well, I can tell he's not your first. <laughs> thinking, yeah. Really? <laughs> oh, what a handful, Doris. What a handful. I am. Uh, I? <laughs> oh, so, so do you have any regrets? As you look back on it, do you have any regrets? Um, not as far as breastfeeding Ben. Uh-huh. You know, I, I'd say my biggest regret would probably have been taking the tour in England with my husband ah, when he was a newborn. Okay. Because uh-huh. I really didn't, had no conception of how much the support system here I would need. And wow. having to having to develop one of those in a different environment without family nearby was very difficult. I cannot imagine. Because, because we, you know, we're not in this to parent alone. And, you know, right. that, and if you are a single parent, it's, it's, it's very important to pull people around you that will support you. Absolutely. Yeah. Were you frightened uh, when you realized that you were pregnant the, the fourth time? Um, we actually waited four years. <laughs> and we were we were back in the United States, so I didn't have to oh, be good. frightened about socialized health. Um, okay. And I was I was not so much scared as overwhelmed, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And wondering where the heck I was going to find the resources and the energy to um, do it all. And I actually have six, so you know, look back on having been and think, what the heck did I do with all my extra time? <laughs> and I didn't have any, really, honestly. In the, in the minute or so that we have left, Doris, if mm-hmm. you were going to give just one piece of advice to a mother who had a baby born with Down syndrome and was thinking mm-hmm. about breastfeeding, what would your advice be to her? Do it. <laughs> okay. Do it. <laughs> and if you, if you, um, any obstacle that you may meet is not insurmountable. Ooh, I like that one. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's just give the, give the baby the best of you that you can. Mm, that is wonderful advice. Absolutely. Uh, I hope that everyone who's listening can hold right. on to that because, as you can see, Doris had to kind of get through it day by day. And uh, in some respects, that's what we all do, whether we mm-hmm. have babies or no babies or babies with Down syndrome or run a radio show about babies. It's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Well, this has been a great hour, but as many of you know, it goes way, way too fast, and that's all the time that we have today. But before we sign off, I'd like to thank Doris Stevick for coming and talking with us today. Doris, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're very welcome, Marie. I'd like to thank all of you for listening to Born to be Breastfed, and I'd like to invite you to all come back next week. Uh, Now, if you're interested in any of the media that we have mentioned on any of the shows, we have our Amazon store, and here's how you find it. Just visit us at borntobebreastfed.com. Again, that's borntobebreastfed.com. For books, media, my blog, be sure to read my blog, visit our Facebook page, too. If you have a question for me or for Doris or for any of our previous guests, please feel free to leave us a question on Facebook, or you can also reach us by sending an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, if you're a professional and you're looking for continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. My courses and tons of resources and my blog and a whole bunch more are at my professional website. That's breastfeedingoutlook.com. Again, breastfeedingoutlook.com. I'm Marie Biancuto. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.